Hey, Mickey. Hey, Brian. Welcome to the one where we talk about products, part three of our What is DevOps series that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. There you go. So we've been saying, so the past couple of episodes, what have we talked about? We've talked about process and people. Maybe not in that order, but we talked people first and we talked process. That is no. correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that is correct. See, now, normally, dear listeners, what we could do is we could actually go look at our list of shows, but that would be too easy. It's much more fun to try to figure out in our adult brains. <laughs> and Brian, you got to stop laughing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's... For those of you that can't see this, which is all of you, Brian's turned off his mic and just started laughing, which, of course, I could see because we're video conferencing. So that made me start laughing. But, yes, the point is we could have gone and looked and we didn't. But we've talked to people. Uh, yes, we've talked to people. We've talked to process. <laughs> well, you know what's throwing me off, Brian? Let me tell you what's throwing me off. I really love our listeners. I hope you stick with us because we're not starting the show again. Um is that I'm looking at the show notes that we've written so far. And there's one section of the show notes where it says the one where we talk products. And then right after that, it's where we've cut and paste the show notes from the previous episode and we haven't changed it. So it says people. So that was throwing me off. Yes. And it was throwing me off. That's why when you were talking, I'm like, wait, it says, oh, wait a minute. And then, so I have fixed that um, in, in our tools so that it now says, what is DevOps products? In either case, uh, welcome back to the show. So if you listen to last week's episode, uh, which. No, wait, wait, wait. Before you get into it, what have you been doing, Brian? I've been trying to recover from being sick. So we are recording this a little later than we had planned due to me traveling, teaching a gig in Lansing, Michigan, and then being sick the whole week. So I've been pretty miserable. Wow. So not not like coronavirus sick, just like cold sick. No, cold sick. And other than a little bit of sniffles, I would say I'm at 95, 98 percent right now. Being home, okay. sleeping in my own bed and copious amounts of over the counter medication uh, has me doing better. So thank you. Excellent. Well, I've been home this week. I have been um, working since last time we talked, I've been working on my talks for VS Live Vegas, which is a week from today because we're recording on February 24th, a week from well, yesterday. week from yesterday. We, we have a pre-conference, a pre-pre-conference hands-on lab all day on GitHub. That's Dallas. right, on, on the Sunday. And then I've also got three talks that i'm giving that week as well so i've been just trying to make sure my decks were how i wanted them to and if you've come to any of my talks you know i prefer to do a lot of demos as opposed to um i mean a lot of demos as opposed to slides so i've been trying to make sure those work so i've been kind of busy trying to make sure i get ready for that this week well you've been a good productive person i'm thankfully home this week getting prepared for next week uh, getting caught up on stuff since I have been home, a little honeydew, spending time with the kids. My daughter, uh, due to some influence from my wife, which she didn't actually, I think, mean to happen, but it ended up working in my favor, 
um, has said she wanted to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And being the geek that I am, we're watching not just the regular trilogy. We're Extended watching Extended Edition, baby. There you go. So we finished episode one, The Fellowship of the Ring, or book one. I don't know how you say it when it's a, a movie, but the first one. And we are now in the two towers. My daughter, though, was surprised how long extended really meant. It turns out the extended edition for the two towers is just under four hours. Yep. Now, that said, a big part of that is the credits at the end because they put a bunch of fan club people and stuff like that. So if you cut off the credits, you're still looking at a good solid three and a half hours of watching time. So we'll get back to that a little bit tonight, probably finish up that tomorrow, and then try and get Return of the King done before you show up on Friday. That's right. I am going to be coming out there on Friday, and then for the first time ever, I am going to drive Cannonball Run style from Upland, L.A. to Vegas, through the mountains, down through the prairies, across the deserts, by sea, by air. Well, if A, if, if we go by sea, we've taken a wrong turn. And B, if we go by air, either someone did a big upgrade on my car or we're going to be in trouble because when we land, is going to be the problem. Roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Uh, the M5 really does. It's not a four-wheel drive. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that. Also, I have been – I got to pimp my YouTube channel just for a second. I hit over 100 subscribers. Yay! So I actually have a vanity URL. So if you go to youtube.com slash Mickey Gousset, all one word, I now, get uh, you can you can access my channel. And I actually just threw up a couple of new videos today. I did I threw up the second in my vlog series. So I promised an audio diary if I hit over a hundred subscribers. And so I've been doing that. And I put up a video today about the beta of the GitHub CLI. So we, there's a GitHub command line interface, and so I put a, a video up on how you can use it to create pull requests directly from the command line. Well, that's pretty darn awesome. So I was going to ask you, your vanity URL, is that because you hit 100 people? Correct. Oh. I did not know that. And so apparently one, I, hit a, I hit 100. I'm actually, I think, at 140 now. And somebody mentioned to me that you could get a vanity URL, but it took it – about three days before the link showed up where I could actually click the link to get it. But yeah, so now if you go to youtube.com slash Mickey Gousset, it takes well, you to now, my page. I feel like I want to get a YouTube channel just because I like to be like Mickey. You want a vanity URL? I do because that would make me feel whole and complete. So yours could be youtube.com um, slash be like Mickey Gousset? It could be. Or let's see, maybe. Let's see if it's taken already. So let me try this. So if I go to www.youtube.com. You know, you know the, 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 the only old schoolers say www. Well, I'm the, old. The new schoolers say just youtube.com. I go to Mickey with no underscore, right? No underscore. It's just Mickey Gousset, all one word. Well, look at that. Ain't that and pretty? Look at that. I made a fancy little header, and you'll notice that some of my newer videos now, if you actually open one up, it's got a, an intro screen to it where it's got like actual anim little animation on it well look at that you are special that looks great well congratulations mickey i know you're working hard to get 100 and i'm not sure i'll do a youtube channel by the way but 
That's awesome. Now, what's interesting is when I put my name in there, it redirected to my user page, my private user page. Um, so I guess at least right now, no one's taken my name, which would be nice. So if there's any other Brian Randall's listening, don't don't steal my YouTube vanity URL. What happens when you try to go to YouTube.BrianRandall? I see uh, Brian Randall. It gives me the, off, the option of subscribing. And so it shows you, that really? it shows that you're subscribed to Neil Parfit and me. Oh, interesting. So you can see me, but I can't click on you and actually get to any of your stuff. I cuz I've I've never published anything. The fact that you can do that is just really bizarre. Well, there you well, go. Well, this is an interesting digression in the world of DevOps, but I'm <laughs> feeling pretty good. Let's see what happens if I do that. Well, look at that. What a trip. Okay, well, anyway. So, that's what we've been up to. But what are we here to talk about? DevOps. DevOps, and specifically, the third piece of the DevOps puzzle. Right, so we'll include a link in the show notes, uh, just in case it's your first episode. But DevOps is the union of people, process, and products to enable delivery of continuous value to our end users. Did I, I think I paraphrased it a little. Or continuous delivery of value to our end users. There you go. Um, and when we think about that, it's it's interesting products, right? So I think the first thing that comes to mind is why not tools? And you know, we might have to ask the some people about that. I think Donovan writes about it in his uh, uh, one of his blog posts about it, but. Fundamentally, when I think of products, I start thinking of the things that I need to do as a developer. And I think with DevOps, it's much more than that, right? Because Dev and Ops. So in reality, the products we choose could be quite large. So I guess the question that comes to mind is, can we just buy DevOps in a box, Mickey? Well, yes. Yes, we can. No, we can't, Brian. What are you thinking? Yes, there are products out there that have the name DevOps in the title, but you can't just buy DevOps in a box. You can't go buy a piece of software and then you're automatically doing DevOps because it is all of those different things. It is the, it's the people, it's the process, but it is the products, it is the tools, it is the things you're going to use to help you implement your process and that the people are going to use. So the thing is, there are a lot of products out there that can help you do DevOps. Well, and, and that's where I think it gets really honestly complicated. It's easy to be myopic and look at DevOps products and tooling from a narrow, very narrow focus. You know, fundamentally, when we sit down, we've come in to talk to customers and they may have already made some choices. And so it's about us funneling the process and, and, and their, you know, starting their journey or enhancing their journey based upon the decisions they've made. But if you're sitting from square one, like, you know, imagine you come out of the forest or, you know, you've been on safari in the Amazon jungle and now decided, you know, I want to make a software company or I want to build a company and I need software. I mean, that's where it gets interesting, right? You have, if you think about it, just about any piece of software could be a contributing factor to good DevOps. But in reality, I think we want to go a little more narrow band and start thinking about kind of the continuous delivery pipeline, right? Because, when we think about DevOps, that's one of the cornerstones of what it is, which is how do we get an idea 
into the hands of our end users that gives them value. And so that means, you know, thinking about ideas, tracking, and all the things that go in between. And then eventually, yes, it's in their hands. So maybe there's some kind of deployment technology. But there's a lot that goes in between, don't you think? Yes. I mean, there is. Admittedly, with most customers, when we're talking with them about starting them on their DevOps journey, the first thing they want to look at is automation. And we've talked about that. Automation is a quick win. And for most people, that's where they get started. So a lot of the DevOps tools that people initially start to look at are automation type tools to help you with your build, to help you with your deploy, whether that's like Azure Pipelines or GitHub Actions or there's other tools on the market as well that, that people that people use. I'll I mean, name a couple like Circle CI, Jenkins, right. Travis. Travis. Yes, there's a lot out there. Obviously, Mickey and I spending the our primary world being the Microsoft stack, we're focused on GitHub and Azure DevOps. But yes, I mean that alone is a rich world, just that one section, right? And that's just we're talking, you know, CI C D automation at that point. Then you can break into you gotta deal with, you know, how do you track your work? You've got Azure Boards, you've got Jira, you've got People use Trello. People use, you know, people. I've worked with some customers that are actually still passing around Excel spreadsheets <laughs> to track their their work. That does not come as a surprise to me. Is the number it, one database in the world is Excel. So the, there are there are a, lo a lot of products out there, and while I do have some biases of the ones that I like, at Part of what I do tell customers, do tell people at the end of the day, is that, you know, you've got to find the tools that are going to work for your process and your people. You, you, If you pick your tool and then you try to force your people in your process to work the way a tool makes you work, it's not a good tool. The tool should conform, the product should conform to how you're wanting to do things, in my opinion. Well, that's interesting because... I want to play devil's advocate and say, okay. isn't it possible, though, that if the tool conforms to the way you work and you have a bunch of dysfunctions, isn't it just magnify those dysfunctions? Absolutely. That Which goes back to the you've got to make sure you're working correctly. Now, tools could give you best practices. Tools could say, hey, this is kind of how you want to do things. This is how we suggest doing it. But it shouldn't. 100% lock you into that's the only way you can do it. So it's our way or the highway. So that, you know, it, I'll say that's interesting. And so in general, I'd say, yes, there has to be some flexibility in the tools you use, no question. But I have worked with many a scrum master, many an agilista, as well as other people that work with tools and say, no, the tools should guide you and have it do the right way based upon this particular process or methodology. You know, it was interesting when Microsoft released the first version of Team Foundation Server in 2005, what set it apart from other developer tools from Microsoft in the past is that not only did it include documentation on how to use the tool from a mechanic standpoint, so very much like buying a drill and, you know, finding the instruction manuals on, you know, how to put a bit in the chuck, how to, you know, maybe charge it, plug it in, whatever, and instructions on how to apply the tool in a more large-scale aggregate fashion, a project fashion. And this was part of what was called the MSF guidance at the time, CMMI and uh, Agile, which have evolved over the years, et cetera. And so I found that interesting because customers had been asking for that. They didn't always know. And in fact, that's what's happening with DevOps. 
people don't inherently just know the right way. So going back to the drill analogy, you know, it's interesting is that, you know, you can use a drill to hang a picture on the wall. You can also use it to drill bolts in the ground to hold a four post rack. And there's different types of drills for that. Hell, I didn't know until my wife told me, hey, dummy, no, you can't use my drill for the concrete. We have to get my dad's concrete drill, her dad being a general contractor. So I guess it's, I think there's something to be said, particularly around DevOps, to having tools expose guidance as well as best practices innately in the way they're designed. Now, that said, they need to be flexible and adapt and should have extension points. I think Azure DevOps does that very well. But, you know, I think it's it's hard because it's not like it's a free-form canvas, like a, a paint program where I should be able to paint any canvas I want. We're talking DevOps here. No, I agree. Okay. So, yes, let me back. I'm going to I'm gonna backtrack on my statement some. I, would, I never meant to imply it should be just completely free-form and you can – can just do anything you want, but it should have enough extensibility to where you can, you, you're able to evolve into whatever kind of, into some kind of process and not just be told if you don't click it this way and you don't create the work items in this fashion and you don't click the buttons in this way and do your builds in this way that um, it won't work for you. Tools have to be flexible. I guess that's what I'm, I'm going for. How flexible? Well, that's, you know, I guess it's a matter of opinion up to the tool makers. But at the end of the day, when we say DevOps is people, process, and products, products is the least important because that there, there's the because there's a lot of products out there you can use. Well, and 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 I totally agree with that because fundamentally, tools will change over time based upon the needs in the platform you work on. For example, on-prem versus cloud, one cloud versus another cloud. Even if you look in the version control space in the Microsoft world, right? Microsoft started, you know, we'll, ex we'll exclude Delta from the history lesson, although I can post some screenshots of my Delta software box because I'm a geek. Um, but really, you know, Microsoft's history has been publicly source safe, then Team Foundation version control, and now Git. And the reality is that you really don't want to be on source safe. God forbid, please, please, please don't. And even with TFVC, the long-term vision is you need to get off that as well. In fact, we see that in the product in that the product isn't being enhanced to give you workflows around TFVC. The workflows are focused around Git-based things. For uh, Most notably, the new YAML integrated pipelines for build and release don't support TFVC. Um, so I think you always have to be prepared and not get necessarily too attached to a particular tool uh, because that could change. It's all about, you know, I think the, the foundation there of people, process, and then products is the appropriate hierarchy, so to speak. Preach on, brother. Preach on. Awesome. I got worried because your video is frozen and you look very serious. I'm not frozen on my side. When I tilt my head, I move. Well, you're frozen on my side, and that may be all that matters. Interesting enough, though, if you look at the video, the recording afterwards, the recording, I won't be frozen. Really? Correct. Well, at some point, maybe when we have enough subscribers, we'll actually post a video version of our sessions. But until then, we're hey, not I have 140 subscribers on my YouTube channel. I'm more than happy to take this and let them see the glory. Oh, wait, you can already see the glory that is my recording studio if you go look at my vlog on my YouTube channel. 
I noticed that when I watched your vlog, that it was you in the recording studio K with all your sound dampening. What is that stuff called? Uh, well, this is actually called uh, mattress foam pads. Be- and essentially it is to do, to do, it's not so much, it's sound dampening, it's supposed to stop the echoes. It doesn't really help reduce ambient noise. It just stops my voice from bouncing all over the place. Ah, you're so smart. I am. I'm glad you finally recognize that. Well, I didn't think we needed to talk too much on this episode because we tend to be more tactically focused in our uh, regular uh, recordings about products. But I thought it was good to summarize the, the big three as we start our journey here in 2020. And on that note, you know, we've talked about possibly having guests and so I think we should let people know that we did pull a really fantastic first guest. Uh, someone I think we both could call a good friend. Mr. Donovan Brown. Mr. Blackshirt himself will be joining us for next week's show to talk about his thoughts on what his DevOps and whatever we can get him to talk about. Because Donovan is a really shy person. Yes, it's going to probably take a lot of effort to pull some information out of him. But Brian and I are going to work very diligently to to try to get more than just like three word answers from him. It might be very interesting to see the ratio of Brian, Mickey and Donovan vocabulary because, you know, sometimes getting him to talk can be difficult. But for those of you that have not seen donovan or or heard donovan talk donovan is super smart he is very passionate about devops and um i think it's going to be a really really good show well i'm looking forward to it so i think on that bombshell we should wrap up with what can't you let go of this week mickey so this week what i can't let go of is getting the other side of my house fixed up so Last month, I got half of my house, had the floors redone. I have an older house, about 30-year-old house, and it had original floors, so it was just about time. And so this week, I'm getting the other half done, which means I have to take all the stuff out of the half that's going to get done, had to move it to the half that was already done, had to deal with the animals, had to – so it's just been a – it's been a little bit of a of a stressor. But that's, that's the thing I can't let go of. What about you? Well, so – being sick last week, the number one thing, we're back to one of Brian's themes. Uh, I got a lot of sleep this weekend. As I've already mentioned, I started watching the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition Trilogy with my daughter. And we also are probably going to do The Hobbit uh, when I get back from uh, Las Vegas with VS Live. And I'm still doing Picard. I continue to love the show. It is not your father's next generation. So I'm thoroughly thrilled. I'm happy to give CBS my money for this show alone. We'll see if how much I enjoy the rest of CBS All Access later. And, uh, oh, the other thing is I'll put some notes. I was going to do a blog post as well, but I'll include a couple links. I was having trouble on – I got this new nook that I'm trying to do as my desktop until I can build a new monster rig. And – for some reason, I could not get Outlook connected to my Office 365 account to work with my mcwtech.com account. It would let me hook up to another one, but it would fail trying to do discovery. And I've been trying for over a month when I've been home <laughs> to get this working. And I was about giving up to, I was about to literally just throw the machine out the window, reformat, start over. 
And I did one more round of searching the internet and someone pointed out, use this tool. Now, I understand. I tried the tool twice already, but I thought, you know what? We'll do it one more time. And I went around and said, oh, there's an update to this tool. And the good news is I ran the tool. I clicked the things and the tool is called Microsoft Support and Recovery Assistant. And I'll include a link in the show notes. The bottom line is it, I don't know if it, what it did, but it configured my profile so that I could connect and now I'm much happier. So those are the things I can't let go of. Sweet. I, so I got to go back because you made me think of a couple of more. So first off, I will be interested to see of um, what your daughter thinks of The Hobbit. Cause I, at, I try to get my daughters at their at her your daughter's age to watch The Hobbit, and they only made it about 20 minutes in and then got bored. So because the first Hobbit movie is very slow, and the the I thought I thought all three in the Hobbit trilogy were okay, but the first one was kind of slow. So I'll be interested to hear about that. Now, second off, um, Walking Dead is back. I'm very excited about that. In fact, at first, the the new episode recorded last night, so I'm interested to watch that. Hopefully watch that maybe tonight or tomorrow. And finally, a, new, a movie finally dropped on Amazon Prime that I've been waiting to watch for a long for a while. I saw it when it came out, but it's it's a 2012 movie, has Chris Helmsworth in it, Thor, and it's called A Cabin in the Woods. And it's directed by josh written and directed by josh whedon who is the who is the guy that did firefly guy that did avengers movies so i've seen it before it's really really good it's got a great it's got some interesting twists to it some really good humor so i'm excited to kind of watch it again as well wow that that just came out of nowhere i didn't expect that well i'll let you know on the hobbit in fact when you get here you can ask her what she thinks about the lord of the rings because i'm sure she'll have her perspective on that let alone the hobbit but don't you say anything about don't put anything in her head about the hobbit i'm going to tell her that it's about hobbits okay that's acceptable and dwarves and golems in it yes i th- i think she might know and that there, there's a dragon <laughs> and there's a journey okay Ah, just like DevOps. Just like DevOps. DevOps is just like the journey to steal back something from Smog the Dragon. It's exactly how it is. Well, on that bombshell, thanks for joining us, folks, as always, on DevOps.fm. I'm Brian Randall. You can find me at Brian Randall on Twitter, blog.brianrandall.com, or Brian R at mcwtech.com. My co-presenter is... I'm Mickey Gousset. You can find me at MickeyGousset.com or on Twitter at Mickey underscore Gousset because I refuse to give up my underscore in my Twitter handle. Or you can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Mickey Gousset. Woohoo! You can always email me at Mickey.Gousset at Microsoft.com. And naturally, we'd love to hear feedback on the show. So email the show at DevOps.fm. That's the show at DevOps.fm. And of course, the site for the uh, podcast is HTTPS colon DevOps.fm. Thanks for listening and be good humans. And don't good forget night, to stick around for the after party. I have a plan for the after party, Brian. What is your plan for the after party? I think, I think I should put the first two starts of this podcast that we did not use at the end as part of the after party. 
no, it's so bad. It's just noise. <laughs> but it's the after party. I mean, people that come to the after party only expect noise. Uh, well, just give fair warning. I won't do okay? it. I won't do people's... it. I won't do it this time. I'll tell you what. The only way I'm going to ever release that is if somebody actually emails us at the show at devops.fm and says, I want to hear the starts that didn't happen. All right. So on that note, I, I will agree. Okay, fair enough. So that's going to be the plan. Other than that, I got not much, not much going on. I'm going to go get this stuff rendered up and work on some stuff. All right, well, I'm going to have dinner, and then uh, I'm going to do some more work tonight because uh, I'm going to continue to prep because I want to enjoy our drive through the desert together, make sure I have plenty of time to stop on the way and show you the sights of the lovely California desert like Baker, California. What's Baker, California? Baker is the gateway to Death Valley, and it's eh, about roughly between my house and Vegas, about halfway point. One of the key things that happens also, as you'll see, where if you look at the way the topology of Southern California is naturally you come from the ocean and you have the, the just the, the lower lands. And then, of course, we have lots of foothills, as you've seen the, coming to my house. Well, to get to Vegas, we go up through what's called the Cajon Pass and we rise in elevation into what is known as the high desert. In contrast, the low desert when you go down towards Palm Springs. So now you're rised in elevation. Well, of course, you know Death Valley is the lowest location in North America. Right? right. Well, so that means you've gone up in elevation, and then we'll start going down. The problem is to get back up to Las Vegas, you have to go what's called the Baker Grade. Now, granted, modern vehicles like my car, we're not going to have any trouble, but big trucks and older vehicles in the day, particularly – when it is 110, 115 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, can often overheat and have fun. So they've done a bunch of work over the years to help people do that. But Baker's that kind of that last stop before the, the grade where you can refuel, check your uh, radiator, make sure you've uh, gone to the restroom and all that stuff because it is the desert. And there's not a lot of things to stop at between here and Vegas. Will we see Death Valley? Uh, no, because unfortunately, if we have any issues going to Death Valley and we don't make it to VS Live, we'll be in trouble. So I didn't know if the drive-by actually took us by Death Valley at all or anything. No, well, we can take a look on the map, but I'll also show you that it's kind of off to the left as we go. It's, it's gotcha. unfortunately too far off the road for us to go through. Now, if we had time and we could leave a day before, we could do that, but it would be a little risky to do on Saturday. Fair enough. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Brian. That's going to be fun. And we'll take lots of pictures and we'll post those online for y'all to see. Absolutely, we will. Oh, you know what you could do? What could I do? You could do a video log while we drive. I'm going to. And I have access now to like royalty-free music that I can put behind it. So I can take take multiple videos and 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 string them together and I can make it more more make a more interesting video log than just you know, me talking in my padded room. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, you have a good night. You too. Bye, everybody.